This podcast and following message are brought to you by The Sharing. Discover what it's like to be part of something larger than yourself, something big, something important. Located in sunny Santa Barbara, The Sharing is committed to family, virtue, righteousness, and brotherhood and sisterhood. Join now as a member of The Outer Sharing for the chance to become one of the special chosen few, a full member of The Inner Sharing. The Sharing. You will be a part. You will be different. Welcome to the spoiler zone. I love it. You don't like that? <laughs> no, I mean it's okay. <laughs> That's true. This is the spoiler zone, so we can talk about cinnamon buns. Oh yes. <laughs> Finally. Finally, we can talk about how many cinnamon buns we ate. Um, now that, so we won't reveal the crucial point that um, acts like cinnamon buns, which will be revealed in later books. How many cinnamon buns how many? Uh, I think like three, actually. Really? I thought you only had two. I think we... I guess it was two and a half. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. It was two and a half each. <laughs> um, so what were you thinking about this passage? So we already talked about how Rachel is kind of like playing the role of Marco here, which is necessitated by Marco being like, let's do it for Cassie. Um which parks back to his earlier conversation Mm -hmm. with her. But here, there's this flaw in Jake's plan, right? And Rachel is pointing it out in like a very civil and um, open way, you know? Mm -hmm. Whereas in future books, we'll see like her challenge Jake's authority a lot more directly and a lot more aggressively. Yeah, because she's not trigger happy yet. Yeah, so I thought this is kind of like an interesting... um, look at her in the beginning of the series uh, as like a little more civil and less uh, I don't know less insane on missions you know what I'm saying yeah true because later in the book she would never point out the flaw in the plan she'd be like Jake that's an idiotic idiotic flaw or be like yeah I'll morph grizzly and then I'll shove him overboard you know yeah I mean she just wouldn't she wouldn't be like strategic like that either though you know what I mean she wouldn't be like oh let's think about this well, yeah. she might, but then come up with, like, a brute force solution of, like, morphing elephant right. to push the 400-pound dolphin into the water. Yeah. Oh, but now she's just a kid. Yeah. My thing wasn't that good. It was just, um... I feel like there's kind of a a movement to ship Rachel and Marco. Yes, I agree. Are you talking about, like, a movement as in, like, people possibly on the internet, possibly not? Who are doing this or are you talking about like in the text well both i mean i think it comes from the text uh-huh. you know like there's there are definitely things that come up later in the series that kind of hint at a possible rachel marco right i mean they get together in the alternate timeline right oh yeah well right <laughs> <laughs> we are in the spoiler zone <laughs> i forgot about that no well i think like she'll compliment marco sometimes they'll do like weird stuff he compliments her he compliments her for sure. Yeah. They also make fun of each other. Yeah. It's kind of like an R and Mal on Firefly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love it. So her being like bringing up this concern about a plan that involves Marco who can't swim being the first mm-hmm. to morph when they're like miles away from shore, I think is also a little bit of like nice Rachel, which is also like going back to your point, 
We don't see that much nice Rachel as we like yeah. go forward in the nice series. Nice Rachel kind of gets overshadowed. Right. But this is nice Rachel and she's being nice about Marco, which is mm-hmm. sweet. Also, Tobias isn't around. True. Yeah. If so... Tobias was around, would she be like, <laughs> I'll shove him in the water. Maybe, yeah. Maybe that's what it is. Also, I guess there are railings, right? Because I feel like three teens could probably lift 400 pounds, you know? Especially 400 pounds of live weight. Yeah, well, I mean, I don't know. Jake's strong. I mean, they so they could prob- probably... If strong, there too, were so no railings, they could probably push him off. Yeah. But then I would be a little bit worried about him, like, scraping the side or whatever. Oof, yeah. But also, there are railings. Yeah. And I think lifting it up and over the railing would be kind of hard. Yeah, yeah. I think this I think this plan was better. I think the plan is better. Yeah. Yeah. Did you have anything else you want to say about this uh passage? No. <laughs> I'm good. Did you how did you feel about the fact that we chose a pretty mundane passage? Oh, I felt good about it. I mean, those are better for close readings, right? Yeah, I think so. I feel like we also could have done a close reading of the Cassie monologue. Yeah. And gotten some new material, but like then it wouldn't have had the fun of the random the random number picker. Yeah, yeah. By Google. Is it time for the spoiler zone? I think or... it's that. Well, we're already in the spoiler I zone. I mean, is it time for the the part the of the spoiler, spoiler zone? zone. The <laughs> part of the spoiler zone where we are finished with the close reading exercise. I've been ready for that for a while now, yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Is there anything you want to talk about, Diana? Uh, yes. Yes, indeed there is. Here, let me just uh, bring it up for you. I guess one thing that I was going to talk more about was the whole, like, morphing animals is okay because we're morphing them to save them. Mm-hmm. But then later they morph humans. Yes. Well, the same reasoning applies, I think. Well, but no, but prior to the book where they morph humans, they're, like, not okay with morphing humans. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, like, even after this whole realization on Cassie's part, she's, like, still not okay with morphing humans. Mm-hmm. Well, I think that's, you know, why the Animorphs is such a great series is because it shows how, you know, the war can change their thoughts about morality and what's okay and what's not. No, I know, but I just think it's weird because, like, because in this book, Cassie's like, you know what? I am morphing dolphins in order to save dolphins. And even though they're not able to really, like, give me permission, I think it's okay because I'm doing it for their own good right Mm -hmm. however as of the end of this book where we are right now i'm guessing that cassie would not be okay with morphing humans even if it was morphing a human for their own good you know like morphing a human for the sake of saving that human you know what Mm -hmm. i mean because and the reason i think that is because later when they do morph humans it's like this huge hurdle for her to get over right so this logic is a little bit simplified from what she's actually thinking because um because of that it's like not just about doing it for their own good and like mm-hmm. the end justifies the means because i i don't think that's all she's thinking about i think it's a combination of the end justifies the means and they're not able to decide for themselves yeah because i think for... that makes sense to me yeah. yeah i was gonna say that pertaining to the problem of when you morph something are you creating like a new consciousness mm-hmm. when you morph a human you don't ha- experience like another human consciousness you know so right because your instincts are just the same (laughs) right yeah so i think that speaks that's like to me that points to 
there being no consciousness created or destroyed when you morph or demorph. Right, plus and like, no consciousness enslaved. So it's like not a get, deal at all. You get instincts, but I think I think we can agree. Well, I'm sure you and I can agree, but I think all of our listeners can agree. <laughs> oh, all of them. <laughs> that um, like there's a distinction between the instincts that they experience when they morph something and like the host that Yurks experience when they inhabit somebody. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I think we can agree that those are pretty different. Yeah. From each other. Yeah. And the instincts that they experience are never like, what is this inside my brain? Aha! You know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. Side note, though. Do you think if they morph, like when Cassie, when Cassie morphs a dolphin, for example, or if she morphs an animal, do her human instincts go away? Oh, I think, I think no. I think her human instincts are a part of her consciousness. Mm-hmm. And I, I actually think there's a scene... Possibly on the Hork-Bajir world or possibly in the Amazon jungle where they morph monkey. And, like, they have this realization that, like, swinging through the trees is familiar. Does that make sense? Yeah. I and mean, they, I guess they say that kind of... swinging through the trees reminds them of, like, their human... No, no, no. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like that's a little bit different from, like, human instincts. Mm-hmm. Because the thing is, like, when they morph an animal, they're often overpowered by the animal's instincts for a little while. But I don't really feel like they experience human instincts. Well, maybe they do. I don't know. I guess it depends on, like, it's hard for me as a human to judge, like, what would count as, like, an instinct in the same way. Yeah. But, like, well, Tobias has the instinct of, like, attraction towards that female hawk yes which is which at least from how it's described seems like a pretty human i mean maybe the pair bonding is human instincts yeah that's what i'm saying and then the seeing that she's a hot hawk is like the hawk instincts yeah yeah yeah. but he but he says when he's thinking about her like uh you know like i knew that she didn't care about me like so i don't think there's anything about hawks that would be like oh we should like build a family together you know what i mean yeah, yeah. it's just i think he he wanted to be near her as a human instinct mm-hmm. i think yeah yeah, so, yeah i, so I think that going. you retain your instincts anyway okay cool oh so when they go to the beach um jake kind of posits that maybe cassie and tobias are the ones to hear like the voice from the sea mm-hmm. due to it being tied into the ability to morph. Mm-hmm. So I was wondering what you thought about that. My thoughts on that are that I have two possible trains of thought. One is that it's a cover because later we find out that Tobias and Axe are related and Tobias is actually kind of Andalite. Um, and also we find out that Cassie has her, like, connection to the universe. Yeah. So... That is weird. So this is, like... <laughs> yeah, it's not really the kind of thing that you like about animals. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm I'm more fine with that. You know, like, you if you're gonna... Whales. Well, I'm, I'm more fine with that than I am with the whales being telepathic without an exclamation, right? And without well, there isn't an really an explanation for her being one with the universe. Well, no, they're, like they use string theory right so if someone was like well whales are like 
you know, the Pimalites, they're actually super intelligent and have the ability to thought speak, I'd be like, whoa, whoa, you know? But now <laughs> I'm like, okay, magic well, But how whale. would Cassie know? In fact, wait, don't we talk about whales in a later book as being super awesome? I I think this is the most whale awesome that we get. No, but doesn't um doesn't that Yurik turn into a whale? Yeah, yeah, she... So and isn't the reason because Cassie knows about how awesome whales are? Oh, I thought it was just... I thought it was partially that and because of convenience. Like, then she'll be big enough that no one will mess with her. And that, um, like, yeah, sorry she'll to have a place. Yeah, I'm wondering if Kay Applegate see. just has this fascination with whales. I think, I think she does. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think she's really into whales. Um, Which is cool. So anyway, so I, mean, I think it's <laughs> either... Kay Applegate's writing this thing that's like, oh yeah, maybe it's because they're so good at morphing, but <laughs> it's actually because it's Tobias Andalite. Or she was actually thinking at the time when she wrote this, like, yeah, maybe it's because they're good at morphing. And then later she was like, no, you know what? Maybe <laughs> Tobias is actually Andalite and Cassie is one with the universe. And that's yeah. why they're special as opposed to them just being good at morphing. Yeah, this is this is really interesting. And I, I tend to think that in universe, it is not because they're good at morphing. It is because Tobias is part Andalite and Cassie is one with the universe. One with the one with the universe. No, no, no. Yeah, that. I was just thinking. My two trains of thought have to do with either it was premeditated or it was postmeditated. Well, I think it was postmeditated. Okay. Um. Although it's possible that she knew about Tobias. I mean, there had are... Tobias's, you know ancestry in mind i think she did because like even in this book and like the first book you see tobias having like a special connection yeah yeah but i I don't know if she had cassie's like specialness special string theory properties in mind well maybe when she wrote it she was thinking like okay tobias is like the outcast we're gonna give him like a special connection to the like the aliens Mm -hmm. cassie is into animals we're gonna give her like a special connection to the like morphing yeah you yeah. know, like it doesn't need to be super thought out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it is YA fiction, after all. <laughs> well, no, I mean, it, in general, I think the Animorphs is pretty well thought out. Mm-hmm. Which is why it's, which is why it's uh, middling aged fiction right now. <laughs> middling age? Is that what we are? I don't know. I think we're young adults. I mean, we're not middle aged, but I don't technically, know if we're young adults. some people say adolescence goes from age 14 to 24. In fact, we're in the okay. age that some some researchers call emerging adulthood. I didn't know this was E-A-F. Yeah. <laughs> um, that was my primary spoiler zone. Yeah, comment. I didn't actually have that much spoiler zone stuff to talk about. I feel like we covered a lot of it. Yeah, I, I think this is true. I'm excited for Axe. Oh, I'm so excited to read Axe's books and have him there, you know? Yeah. We got to watch him, yeah, struggle over some words. He, yeah, he doesn't know how to look around. Yeah. He's not used to that. Yeah. Even the, yeah, the small amount of acts that we saw, I'm just ready for what's next. Yeah, yeah. Oh, we also saw Marco's dad, which I think might have been the first time yes, we I mean, saw his dad. We'll see him next episode, you know. Oh, yeah, is that Marco? Yeah, which will be cool. I that wonder if this was... is like a foreshadowing of that or... It was a little bit heartbreaking because Cassie went to their house and she was like, hey, do you want to like talk for a second? Marco was like, oh, I'm kind of busy. I was going to, my dad and I were going to uh, do something together today. Meanwhile, his dad's like looking at the TV. I was like, oh, Marco. Yeah, that, that was really sad. I was, yeah, that was like heart wrenching. Yeah. 
I mean, we can talk about this a lot next episode. Next, yeah, that's which true. I th- which I am looking forward to. Yeah. Uh, I, I think there is, you know, there's some good books coming up. I don't know. Cassie books always kind of feel uh, a little extraneous. I mean, not this one, but, you know. Well, this has the huge plot point of meeting X. Right. That is pretty important. Well, I think the Cassie books, they're helpful for, like, the morality stuff, you know? So, like, yeah. they're extraneous in that I think often she doesn't really advance the plot very much. Mm-hmm. But, like, if there weren't any Cassie books, I think the series would just be so different. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm really glad she's part of the Animorphs, you know? Yeah. Anyway, that's about all I have. Okay. Do you have other stuff to say? No, I didn't. I think this book was, you know, pretty good, pretty standard, besides the meeting axe point. Yeah, it's a good book. I like underwater stuff with animorphs. Yeah. It's harder to morph underwater. Yeah. Well, there's also the whole, when they morph marine mammals, there's the whole air question, you know? Right, that's kind of what I mean, I guess. That's kind of like a thrilling thing. Yeah. Yeah. Sharks are awesome. Yeah, yeah, there was that interesting thing about sharks being naturally evolved killing machines. Oh, yeah. Oh, which, um, I guess, informs our earlier comparison. I don't know if we recorded this, but our earlier comparison of sharks to taxons. We we didn't record it. Oh, it was okay. earlier. Oh, yeah. Do you want to talk about that? or? Yeah, so, well, so Cassie goes through this thing where she's like, <laughs> it's after they realize that the taxons are just going to, like, die <laughs> um, underwater. And she's like, yeah, well, I read once in a book or something that sharks are naturally evolved killing machines. They're like one of the oldest animals on Earth because they evolved right the first time. And they just didn't need to change anything. And then dolphins, on the other hand, evolved more recently. They were originally land animals. And then they, like, evolved to be in the water. So I guess Mm -hmm. dolphins and sharks are, like, just evolved super well. And... Like, taxons have nothing on them, basically. Well, not on Earth, yeah. Right, on Earth. Because I was thinking, like... See me on the taxon homeworld. Better yeah. bring your cannibalistic hunger. Because I was thinking... <laughs> yeah, it's not like the taxons did not also evolve, you know? Yeah. Well, actually, you, did you see that theory on Tumblr about the taxons and their species? No, I didn't. So... They were, the theory says that the taxon homeworld used to be, like, an aquatic world, mm-hmm. but then there was, like, some, you know, traumatic climate event, and it mm-hmm. basically dried up, and the, the like, the ensuing kind of ecological collapse made the taxons evolve this cannibalistic hunger. Anyway, That's it's, interesting. It's, it's interesting, you know. Then why is their skin so vulnerable? Oh, well, maybe their cannibalistic hunger is on the same gene as skin vulnerability. <laughs> Yeah, I, d- I don't know about that. Yeah, because that th- that's the thing is I was thinking like there's like how can they be swimming animals, and yet they're so vulnerable underwater. Yeah, well they're so vulnerable, you know, above water. Like for example, Visser One is like you can kill a taxon with a can opener, you know. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, she says that at one point. So like they're they're liable to pop. Um, you know, above Ooh. and below water. <laughs> yeah, I guess I didn't really... I, I never really think of them like that. I always think of them as having, like, exoskeletons, because, like, centipedes do. Oh, yeah, interesting. Um, but... No, they're, like, fleshy sacks. Are they just less sharp things on the taxon homeworld? <laughs> I know, that. well, that's kind of my point, is, like, it's not only sharks and dolphins that evolve. Like, all of these aliens evolve, too. Yeah. So... They must have just evolved in a world that was different enough 
anyway that's about it that's all i got <laughs> okay yeah so all right that's all for now you can contact us as a reminder you can contact us at soapnearpool at gmail.com or visit our website soapnearpool.com we have a facebook page and you can tweet at us through at soapnearpool um and you can find our tumblr and reddit information on the website as well and we have a spotify playlist with all the songs that we mentioned on the show so far which is two mainly songs. the macarena no 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 where there's the songs that this actually includes the songs that i've been using for bumpers um so four or five songs <laughs> great <laughs> well i'm but hoping it will time, grow next time there's gonna be another another number one song so get ready yeah so please email us if you have any questions or comments or uh or anything you want to say and we will make an effort to read your email on the air um all one of them all zero of your emails that we receive yeah yeah well we'll see all right <laughs> goodbye and uh tune in next episode and until next time stay dancing with dolphins all right, all right. i think it's time to go eat some cinnamon buns okay bathrobe you're gonna get your bathrobe i'm putting my robe on your robe you're robing yourself i'm recording this in my robe yes in your pajamas <laughs>